again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike on the line as well, and we have talked about this, the 75% accurate, still too early Oscar predictions episode is here <laughs> for your entertainment, and uh, we, we've teased this a little bit, Mike, why don't you explain why it's 75% accurate at this point? Well, our first way too early Oscar predictions were 100% accurate. That is an MMO promise that happens every single year. That's one of the trademark uh, successes. The trademark triumphs Mm -hmm. of Mike, Mike, and Oscar is that, you know, in you know right after the previous oscars right. we predict the next oscars and we're thoroughly correct and yet i don't want once. yeah i don't want anybody to go back and check us but please I god mean, don't yes you know we we are so right. just know that now the closer we get to the oscars broadcast when it's impossible to avoid people <laughs> you know checking us um <laughs> We become less accurate. It's Give just, ourselves a little leeway. Yeah. So I mean, look, you 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 tune in for what? You tune in for a few laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tune in for a few cringes at the corny old dad jokes. Right. And and that's what you're going to get today. And ultimately, hopefully, we give you a fun, speculative conversation. But it's I shouldn't say speculative because we're still pronouncing and prophesying and. Yeah. And nailing some things down, it's just seventy five percent. We're gonna get three of every four predictions we make here correct, one hundred percent, like dead on, and that's what that's what the takeaway is. Okay, good. Just again, Um, please don't you know don't don't check us. Don't don't go back. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we're gonna kind of lay this one out like the last one, where we'll do some craft convictions uh, and go through a bunch of categories. Uh, We're gonna skip animated feature today because on our last episode, the Summer Oscars, we kind of hit the animated feature category pretty hard with some pronouncements so yes. we'll, we'll skip that for today maybe we'll come in at the 50 percent um accurate prediction show uh a couple of, i don't know what's the next level do we go down to 66 percent accurate it would have to be 50 and then uh we, we drop the shtick altogether when it comes oscar season we act like we're actually professional pundits every once in a while like we do you want to drop the shtick. <laughs> That's a first. You're right. <laughs> we just go headlong into it. We'll be 0%. We could say that our Oscar week predictions are just 0% accurate. <laughs> yeah, 25%. Are completely inaccurate. Maybe that's the... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you just you just changed me. There you go. Quick well, 180 by me. On brand. Like, what? Well, that's on brand. If the we completely actually... inaccurate Oscar predictions by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Absolutely. Oh. All right. So I'm glad we, we stumbled upon mm-hmm. something... Really great. And uh, again, so us. All right, so let's do some craft convictions. I will share what we had from last time. Mike, you and I came together on a lot of these. So let's see see what we still agree with. We'll get into it. But first of all, we agreed upon costumes going to Barbie and Dune 2. We're very smart. We agreed upon makeup and hair from Maestro at that time. Uh, We're going to have stuff to say about that. VFX for Dune 2, we agreed upon. Editing, we agreed upon Thelma Schoonmaker of Killers of the Flower Moon. She's an eight-time nominee. It's just playing with house money, I think. I had John Wick Chapter 4 and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And I don't know. 
Well, well you've won me my... over with John Wick 4. I could absolutely see that at least being there. Um, and like That's I said, good. we have leeway here, so we're allowed to be wrong on every three, you know, one out of every four predictions. But I, th- there's no way Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, I don't think. Because, I, I mean, I want to be with you just based on the stunts and the, the practical effects and everything, but no Mission Impossible movie's ever been nominated, and this one obviously did far worse at the box office than the what everyone thinks is the superior film fallout anyway. So I just can't see a world in which this is the first mission impossible movie to break through. And yet I would hope that there's some stunt, you know, tip of the cap from every single person in the category or in the academy. Oh, it'll be there on SAG. No. Yeah. It'll be there at SAG. And I wonder if the, all the practical effects worked into the actual crazy ass stunts would still just, be, you know have the academy just give it give it its due but yeah. yeah you're right i mean the flops we've seen these box office flops and and mission impossible 7 has become such just get ignored at the oscars so mm-hmm. yeah i'm leaning away from that as well so all right let's update our craft convictions barbie barbie's going to get costumes production design and do you want to predict it for two songs i think i'm going to predict it for two songs michael I'm going to say one. I'll stay safe with one right now, which is very un- ungambler of me. But, I mean, regardless of whether you want to say one or two, I mean, you, this is a lock for what we say on the review. Six noms minimum? Four yeah, noms? I don't, something like I don't that. want to use the L word again because we've used that in the past <laughs> and it hasn't gone our way. Watch the L word on Showtime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, we are predicting or we are convicted upon six nominations. Sound. Score. Well, I am. Cinematography. Sound score, cinematography. Are you convinced on those three, first of all? Absolutely. Okay. Editing, VFX. Are you with me on those two? No question. And production design. Uh, so production design, at first I was I was like, wow, that's, production design is a, is a conviction. It's a lock. But the old rule of thumb, build a city, get an Oscar nom is at play here. So, And again, there's a history there with Nolan Films. Okay, so you are with me on those yep. six. Now, you are no longer with me on Dune 2's nominees, and I, I get that. I'm very weary. I, I, as I was filling out this doc, I've become very anti-Dune 2 in general, I realized. I think you've made me queasier on well, Dune 2 a, as well. Well, there's a lot of... They're not red flags, but there's just a lot of stuff to be interested you know. Th- aware of let's say editing i think in general is going to be a bloodbath this year Mm -hmm. if dune 2 falls short in director again and maybe picture i can see it missing editing as well and the box office is going to have some kind of effect on dune 2 and remember dune 1 there wasn't really a box office to measure itself up against because it went day and date it's not going to have that luxury this year obviously it's going to have to do box office receipts there weren't a lot of blockbusters running in the tech categories when dune one came out I mean, there was spider-man no way home that wasn't going to be nominated regardless even though that did a huge box office number so it makes me sound like a hypocrite but you know what happened in that year and that was the only movie really to do well at the box office no time to die came out that year that was too kind of a letdown to be nominated shang chi came out there wasn't enough hype for that to be nominated the biggest threat the biggest blockbuster threat in the technical categories when dune one came out was like was like was west side story which yeah. isn't your typical blockbustery technical category mad max type thing anyway so Dune 1 had a much easier path to those nominations, I think, than Dune 2 will. Mm-hmm. I, just wait and see, is all I'm saying. All right. I still think we could 
we could predict it for a couple. Like VFX to me is very likely. Sure, and costumes. As we got, and and and, and oh right, costumes. Uh, well, I hear I'm I'm leaning away from costumes a little bit because if they're just stuck in the sand, like if this is just <laughs> a, if this is just them in the sandbox, mm-hmm. does production design and costumes actually make less sense? Because you got you got the Humpty Dumpty, you got Eggland, yeah, you got you got Egg uh, Graceland. It'd be the greatest joke ever if those were actually Egg people. Egg Elvis. If the fight is just Timothy Chalamet tips Austin Butler over and Yoke runs out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> the Yoke people. <laughs> and, and then all of the thirsty Fremen, all the thirsty Fremen who s- drink their own spit, just start <laughs> lapping up all the Yoke from the Yoke people. They can't help it. <laughs> Our Dune has a very different vision than Denis Villeneuve's, I think. <laughs> sound. Can we say VFX and sound? <clears throat> can we can we both agree on VFX and sound with Dune? Yeah, p- sure. So how far do you go? Cinematography? No. I'm out. And you do not go editing. <sighs> not I don't I'm not going to begrudge anyone who does, but no, I'm I'm holding on. Editing's going to be tough this year. All right. So, it in, in, in because we're still seventy five percent accurate. Aren't not... two editing slots mm-hmm. spoken for already with Oppenheimer and Killers? Killers of the Flower Moon, not the Killer from Fincher. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's yeah. a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath and egg yolk blood. <laughs> Still flows. (laughs) Still flows the same as red blood. All right. So VFX and sound. I'm gonna predict production design. We have producted. However, (laughs) we predict. We product. We produce six. And I just rewatched Asteroid City last night. Now, Asteroid City might fall by the wayside. It's possible. I agree with that. However, most likely of the six, I think. The production design in Asteroid City is stupendous. Very good. And if we're stuck in a sandbox in Dune and we just go to the black and white egg, egg Graceland and we're not having fun there, mm-hmm. then we may just look at Dune 2 and we, they, that might fall by the wayside. And Asteroid City, all oh, these, glor- these glorious, beautiful sets that are hilarious, we might come back there. Because you're not pushing back on me about being worried about Dune 2's, Dune 2's technical chances... I'm starting. So, is this just us still being bitter about how Dune One played all the festivals and laid its hand upon the upon the sick and cured them of all their ills? Are we still that bitter about it? One went to the festivals and it was a major boost to its Oscar chances. Why do we know that? Because Dune One was seen by a lot of the Academy at those festivals. Now, does this year's struck festival circuit? still have the same cachet Mm. for Academy members as previous film festivals getting the film festival boost. I don't know. Because typically, if you're promoting a movie at a film festival, you'll catch a a couple other films there. Mm. Like, if you're an Academy member, is my guess. It's a good point. It's my, you know, it's my love to see just random people in the crowd and sit next to Willem Dafoe and sit next to... Like, that's half of the fun of a right. film festival. 
It truly is. But are we uh, still bitter about Dune One's reception? How it was so overhyped. Well, y- you're asking uh, rhetorical questions because you're so bitter. That <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> it got overhyped. It got overhyped. Yeah. But that overhype was a was a major boost to its Oscars right. campaign. So all right. That's true. So all right. I'm, I'm only actually gonna I'm gonna revert on my doc a little bit here. I'm gonna say VFX sound, and, I, and I'm probably with you on the other three. Just backing off of my crystal balling here. So all right. I VFX don't have Villeneuve in my. We're gonna get to director. We're gonna cover the big six or big eight categories. I, I stayed away. I stayed away from doing uh. a lot. I am so queasy. You, yeah. I, I may be reverting. All right, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm going to predict it for editing, costumes, and production design, Michael. I feel... I think the, the Native American dress is what will save it in costume design. If that's what you're thinking, then yeah, I agree. But they I feel had a little a lot queasy of, about costumes designs otherwise. They had a lot of consultants making it authentic. Yeah. And I yeah. think that matters. Uh, Napoleon, costumes and sound? Yeah, I think that's fair. Big war movie. Six separate battle pieces is what we've talked about in the past there for that movie. I like that. I was, I was tempted for VFX as well. Would you go f- as far for VFX from Napoleon? We're not sure if the, if, if the movie's any good yet. That's so true. If it's terrible and it's a flop and it's a, it's a bit over But even if it is a middling reception, it can land a two nominations in VFX right. and sound. Or, right. or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, costumes and sound. Especially but sure, with, VFX uh, wouldn't surprise me. Sound is going to be brutal this year, too. True. One category instead yeah. of two, which shouldn't be. All right. Makeup and hairstyling. Talk to me about Maestro and this controversy. So, yeah, you would think Maestro would be kind of a slam dunk nomination for, for makeup and hair. But there was all this outrage that happened when the teaser trailer finally was debuted by Netflix just a couple days ago. The Twitterati kind of came for Bradley Cooper and his prosthetic nose, calling it hashtag Jew face. That's Twitter's words, not mine. Uh, it was the hashtag going around. Nobody, nobody prominent, no big name has led this anti-Cooper charge here, but there was enough of a controversy that mainstream outlets like NBC News, Variety, The Guardian, People, AOL, others were writing about this and how it was a big deal and how people were having this backlash to Cooper on Twitter. And it got to the point where Leonard Bernstein's own children felt compelled to release a statement coming to Cooper's defense over the matter. So I'm not going to say that Maestro is a lock for a Muan Nam. Mm -hmm. If this is a nothing controversy and it goes away, then sure, I can absolutely see that happening. But Bradley Cooper's Oscars controversies lately have kind of had this tendency to linger a little bit. So if that happens here, I think it could absolutely affect the movie's awards chances in general. I do wonder, and I worry a little bit. I do like the fact that it's that Maestro is going to play at the New York Film Festival. I really enjoyed the trailer. I thought it was very touching and and emotional. Sure. Uh, That the the relationship between Carrie Mulligan's character and uh, and Cooper's was was very pleasant and it made me laugh and made me smile yeah i i didn't notice uh the issues and i i just wonder who's complaining exactly and who's you know who's defending the I mean, complaint I think, itself i think is a, a little overdone okay. i mean and, and and bernstein's children even came out and commented on how their fathers had a you know he was a 
part of his feature was a big nose, and they enjoyed that, and that wasn't anything malicious by Cooper. But the fact that the mainstream press, that's not industry press, picked up on it, mm-hmm. I think that could put a sour taste in some laissez-faire people's mouths, which is Maybe. like, oh, man. We've covered so many controversies that we thought would have hit hard yep. with the Academy in the past, correct? And ultimately, they have... And the opposite, the too, though, right? Haven't we? Like, have we come across stuff that we're like, well, this is no big deal, and then it, well, then it obviously had an effect. Yeah. I just wonder what the Netflix reception this year is going to be with these strikes going on. I wonder if Netflix is still being uh, looked, up, looked at as the as one of the major issues with this strike and, and pu- getting us to where we are now. Sorry, Andrew and our friends cover Netflix. Yeah. But uh, that's a great point. And we know how hesitant the Academy has been to give Netflix any kind of shine in at least the biggest of categories thus far. So, yeah. So you're, you're backing off of uh, maestro in, in makeup or not? Are you sticking with it? I'm going to stick with it, but, Go ahead. I'm going to back off for now, but we'll see. I don't think this is a huge... This isn't the type of controversy that I think should rock the boat, but we'll see. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our 75% accurate predictions on the big eight categories. Those are our craft convictions. We will go to original screenplay. Let's uh, run it back and talk to you about our year in preview predictions. Uh, we shared air... Past Lives and Saltburn, Emerald Fennell Saltburn. You picked Civil War and The Killer for your last two nominations. Mm. I picked Maestro and Rushton. Uh, we sh- now share, updating these predictions in original screenplay, only two. We share Past Lives and Anatomy of a Fall. That's correct. That's correct. Now you have three different ones. My other and- three, yeah. I'm going with The Holdovers, I'm going with uh, Barbie, and I'm sticking with Saltburn. I appreciate you sticking with Saltburn. I am worried about Saltburn because of its Vegas odds. Yeah. The Vegas odds for Saltburn and for Best Picture were plus like 4,500 or yeah. something. Ridiculous. Yeah. I, this could be worried. arrogance on my part, but I'm just not ready to accept that it's a total mess. I'm glad. I'm glad for you. But now I'm queasy about Maestro, Rustin, and Napoleon, because these films can go either way. Maestro and Rustin are the Netflix plays that can go either way. However, George C. Wolfe, uh, Bradley Cooper, and, and certainly Ridley Scott has, has chosen a lot of great screenwriters in the past. I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way, so I, I'm not sure. You're cheating a bit in, a, in the same way I may be cheating in that. I don't know that Napoleon is going to be an original, and I don't know that Barbie right. is going to be an original. I've stuck it in original here. Uh, Next Best Picture has it as an adapted screenplay. Clayton Davis for Variety has it as an original screenplay. I understand both arguments. I think it's going to end up as an adapted at the end of the day, but I'll stick it in original because two reasons mainly. One, the script sure was original in both Mm -hmm. concept and execution, if you heard us talk about it. The only thing adapted really were the characters and outfits, but then again, the only thing not true about the movie Titanic was Jack, Rose, and everything in it, so... I don't know. Uh, secondly, I think a screenplay win for Barbie, if you're going to give Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach something, it's, I think it's an easier path in original than adapted. Mm-hmm. 
And we've seen that knife kind of cut both ways before, but it has more to do with how those films are positioned in the major precursors. Green Book is a good example. It went comedy or musical at the Golden Globes. That enabled it to have a path to Best Picture success when it came Oscar Sunday. A Star is Born was the same year. It stuck with the drama. It didn't go comedy musical. It was upset by Bo Rap. And then it, that kind of undercut took its, knee, its legs out for its Best Picture chances from there on out for the rest of the year. So positioning does matter. We'll see what happens with it. But I do think Barbie, if it were to go original, has an easier chance to win this category than it were to go adapted. If you got plus 1,000 odds mm-hmm. on Barbenheimer taking the two screenplay categories, would you take, would you take those odds? <laughs> so I'm betting basically on is Barbie going to be original? That's that's the first part of that bet, right? Absolutely. And Oppenheimer, and then, the, and then they both have to win. What's 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 no? What are my odds for no? I mean, you, you, you don't get it. I don't get that. It's just a no. plus. Would I put money down on plus? Probably okay. not. Okay. Probably not. Would you? What would I give? What if I gave you plus two thousand? Yeah, I'd bet it. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> yeah, I throw my whole. Yeah, I take that. I would take it. <laughs> Here's 17 reasons why I wouldn't bet on it. These odds. <laughs> would you take it at plus 1,000? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I could. I would. I mean, I'd throw something on. I wouldn't throw anything major. But you would. You, you would. Ser- if it was in front of you right now, you would. Pour, you would seriously put like 50 bucks on it. Look, I mean, we are at the height of Barbenheimer joy. And yeah, I, I do think I do think these movies are going to do well at the Oscars. We'll see if they what they win and what they don't. But you're right. I think the biggest the biggest uh, roadblock would be whether or not it is an adapted screen or, or an original screenplay. Barbie. Yeah. All right. Uh, did I mention mine? So I'm going past lives. Maestro Rustin, Anatomy of Fall of a Fall, and Napoleon. And then you had the holdovers. Saltburn and Barbie. So you think the holdovers is getting in? I there's just something about that movie, and I keep thinking about it, and I keep I keep getting drawn to it. I almost put Divine Joy Randolph in my supporting actress five as well. Yeah, yeah, I was close. All right, so let's talk about adapted screenplay. We shared the color purple and Killers of the Flower Moon back at our last prediction show. You had the bike riders, Dumb Money, and Priscilla. I had Dune 2, Flint Strong, and Oppenheimer. And now we're both agreeing upon Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. And then again, we have a, a different six. So you stuck with the color purple. I did stick with the color purple. It's like this renowned playwright, Yale grad, adapting a beloved musical for Blitz Basel. I think the credit if this movie works, is going to go for that adaptation. Oprah's behind it. Spielberg's behind it as producers. I'm guessing that they had enough oversight to make that work, and this movie is this premiering on Christmas. We've seen that Christmas musical slot really perform well. We've seen it not perform well with mm-hmm. uh, certain butthole cuts <laughs> that were denied to us. <laughs> But Michael, That's... I like. I think the big debate here is whether or not Dune is, is is here, and and those guys, I mean Villeneuve and Spates, if they pull this off and they make this into a coherent, fun blockbuster, Dune Two is getting nominated here, even without the film festival, 
the film festival cachet because I think that book is 2,000 pages long. It's beloved. Oof. David Lynch did it so dirty as one of the most disappointing films of all time the last time it was adapted. There's just so many other more intriguing stories this year than poor man Star Wars, isn't there? <laughs> this is just me being stubborn. This is me being obstinate and just being purely anti-Dune 2. But then I tried to make the case as to why sci-fi doesn't have a huge track record of nomination in the adapted screenplay category. Mm. Since the 2000 Oscar show, we've had 115 nominations in adapted screenplay. The number of fantasy slash sci-fi slash crazy shit happening movies which have been nominated is 11 or basically one nomination every other year. And even that's only if you really stretch the definition of what fits fantasy slash sci-fi slash crazy shit happening movie, because here's the list of those 11 films, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, fellowship of the ring, return of the King, finding Neverland, children of men, district nine, life of Pi, the Martian arrival, Logan and Dune part one. So as far as pure, sci-fi movies getting nominated and adapted go since 2000 that list is like what three four maybe Mm, that includes dune one but it's still a high bar to cross it is uh so i like i like one of your picks and i'm tempted to change one of my picks with dune two here but i'm still thinking he's gonna make it work for wb they're on a bit of a heater um, well, with Barbie, a, a one film heater, but it, it's it's good. I think I think Blue Beetle is gonna do better than they feared. So I all right, as well. to recap, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, we both agree. I stuck with Color Purple. I stuck with Dune Two. Priscilla was the next movie that I that you predicted last time, and that yeah. I am going for now. And it's because of one thing, Michael. Well, I mean, Sofia Coppola. Lost in Translation, of course. She was nominated there. But Priscilla is the New York Film Festival centerpiece, right? Mm-hmm. And the Sofia Coppola factor is going to go into my reasoning here because 12 of the last 15 New York Film Festival centerpieces were nominated for Oscars. And to me, it's just hard to see Priscilla getting nominated for Oscars. I mean, yeah, maybe costumes. But after the year where El- you know, the, the Elvis movie got nominated anyway... I, like I would bit. guess that who gets nominated for Oscars coming out of Priscilla, but Sofia Coppola. And I just feel like it could be her time, maybe. Uh, yeah, yet again. You're doing it too, see? No, I mean, <laughs> the she longer won, we do this, the more it's it's their time. She won before, but all right. I think I think uh, she could be in the mix uh, for sure. Why did I say it's her time? Didn't we already pronounce Oppenheimer's going to win? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think we're seventy five percent accurate with the nominations. We're probably not seventy five percent accurate with the uh, with the winners, or maybe that was a gaffe. And I just and that's that's where my inaccuracies come from the the misspeaking gaffes. There you go. We'll figure out what what exactly is supplies like, to that seventy five percent later. Nomadland, Power of the Dog, Marriage Story, Roma. That's four of the last five New York Film Festival centerpieces. 20th mm-hmm. Century Women, Steve Jobs, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed from last year documentary. I mean, my week with Marilyn, Precious. Jesus, we have some heavy-hitting yeah. Oscar nominations amongst that group. I like that. I like that. I wanted to include Priscilla. I backed off it because I just I want to wave the flag for dumb money. I, I ended up splitting the baby in a lot of these categories, too where I'll have nominations that don't really make sense if you look at the whole card, but I just wanted to get them in there somewhere. But 
Again, it's 75% accurate, so you can take that to the bank. I, I, don't, I don't choose to have these powers. They're just bestowed upon me. All right. I have a major question for you right now. This yeah. is, might be the most important question of the podcast. Go ahead. D- dumb Money actually will be platform released September 15th, if I read that correctly. So that's the middle of September. Yeah, I don't like But that. it's a platform release, which When's is very Oscar-y. It's going to go wide October 6th. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> you have a grudge against September movies at the Oscars. <laughs> those, those those last two weeks of September, I want nothing to do with. <laughs> so another reason why we're like looking for film studies in September, we're basically going to be Mike, Mike, and film festivals, or Mike, Mike, and Marty. We don't, we haven't right. decided yet. Right. Anyway, I'm, dumb, I'm, dumb I'm money. I'm sticking with dumb money. Yeah, I'm sticking with dumb money. Uh, and, and I'm putting the bike riders in the zone of interest as my last two there for the adapted category and quite frankly when Jeff Nichols and Danny Lyon eventually do win this category on Oscar Sunday I should be the third name mentioned after theirs at this point because I don't think anyone's held the flag in the water for the bike riders like I have (laughs) but what if it's wild hogs Mike (laughs) well then wild hogs should be an Oscar winner (laughs) (laughs) the man makes allegiances before seeing the films pick a winner Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Are we going to pick a winner? Well, I guess mm, I didn't even nominate Barbie in my last one, and yet I was going to bet on it. What have you done to me? <laughs> all right, first of all, can we? you have done money, the bike riders, zone of interest on top of Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower yes. Moon. Aren't we supposed to pick winners? So, all right, original screenplay. we got to double back. Yeah. Past Lives was your summer Oscars pick, yes. as, as was mine. All right, who are you picking to win? I am between past lives and anatomy of a fall. I'll tell oh, you wow. that. Um, wow. I, I, I think I, I think I'll go with anatomy of a fall. Oh, my man. biggest surprise in doing this exercise was how often I found myself going back to anatomy of a fall. Amazing, amazing! You. Are following the can hype train. Yeah, I am. I realize that. I, that's very unlike me. It is. <sighs> I'm gonna. I re- I really want to pick past lives. I, I really want to stick with. Do it. it. One of us should. All right, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. Past lives. Yeah. Because Maestro, you got me feeling queasy about Maestro. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> it is your fault. There's only two people talking right now. It's you and it's me. I just said you made me queasy. <laughs> you anyway. know what? That's that's soundproof logic right there. That is airtight. <laughs> or it's the controversy, whatever. Yeah, I get you what you're saying. All right, back to an adapted screenplay. We gotta pick a winner. Is it an Oppenheimer? Is it Killers of the Flower Moon? We got some heavy hitters here. I- I'm gonna go Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan. What do you got? So when I said I split the baby, it's because I ended up putting, I guess this is a little spoiler for later in the episode, but I did put the color purple in my best picture 10. But how Mm. does it get there if I don't nominate it for adapted screenplay? Or editing. Mm. Or director. Which I didn't do any of it. We're 75% accurate now. We, We have some wiggle room. So you're sticking with Oppenheimer. I'm sticking with Oppenheimer. I believe I predicted it at at the last show. I will I will I will follow suit. I will stick with Oppenheimer as well. 
Highway to hell. I should pick the bike riders and just that should be my once upon a time in Hollywood for this year. Just ride that horse until it can't go anymore. But and it's just gonna be Tom Hardy again. Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> but that's it. It's not him on a bike, it's him making those noises with his mouth. They're going to be in a hot tub, <laughs> having their midlife crisis, mm-hmm. and then getting on the motorcycles. All right, <laughs> going into the four acting categories now. Again, we're just kind of diving into the big eight, so we're enjoying you know the dives into these categories. So supporting actress, at the year in preview, we shared Danielle Brooks and Taraji P. Henson of The Color Purple, and we shared Vanessa Kirby from Napoleon. You selected Gemma Chan from the actor and America Ferreira of Dumb Money. I had selected Carrie Mulligan because I wasn't sure. Maestro or Saltburn, I was hedging there. And Lily Gladstone of Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, this, okay. is, this is the category we share the most in common. We have four names in common now. Lily Gladstone, number one. Yep. Killers of the Flower Moon. Number one in Vegas. Not just saying I had her from I had her months ago, yeah, Vegas, but des- Vegas is listening. You deserve to, to pat yourself on the back there. We still have Taraji P. Henson, who is in one of the previously nominated Oscar uh, nominated roles from the first film, uh, the, the the 1985 Color Purple. Yes, is is that going to carry over here? We don't know, but all right, Taraji P. Henson. She's ranked high amongst her. the the punditry too. Still, we're we're, we're sticking with Taraji. Vanessa Kirby of Napoleon. I'm wondering if she's going to be a lead actress, Mike. That's probably my one pause. But if there's six battle scenes, the movie is named Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So she's probably supporting. And uh, I could see her going toe-to-toe with Joaquin, making sense. Emily Blunt. We're we're actually going with Emily Blunt right now on the hype from Not crazy about the performance, but like I said in our last episode, that's the one supporting actress consideration that's happened so far that I think is actually going to be there at the end of the day in these uh, five. So the big omission for you is Viola Davis, who you picked to win at the Summer Oscars. Yeah. I'm using the Woman King against her. She should have been nominated as a lead for that last year, but the fact that the Academy showed they could resist her there doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me that they'll let her go forward for her performance in Air here, which was released in April and is you know doesn't really have much momentum at this point as we speak in mid-August. So who are you filling that last spot with? Sticking with America Ferreira and for her Dumb Good. Money performance, not her Barbie performance. I just what character is she playing in Dumb Money? I know a lot of people have predicted her there. Do you know? Do you know the story? Is she playing a particular character? Is there any intel that you can perhaps sway me with? No. Nope. You just like America, <laughs> America Ferrera. I just know I predicted her the the day after the Oscars, and I'm and she's got good odds, so that makes me feel good about that. <laughs> this is saying in gambling about riding and something letting it I don't i'm know. at the All ticket right. window with the program in my hand i'm just slapping it into my hand over and over come on come on <laughs> all right i'm gonna pick penelope cruz of ferrari like as my line. last nominee i just think she's been overdue and she got that uh nomination a couple years ago or was it two years ago now what was the movie michael that i saw at the film festival with pedro almodovar getting the longest standing ovation i ever <sighs> sat for what was that movie God. from penelope cruz i know that i really mean, liked I that you did. do you remember what i really liked when i went to that restaurant <laughs> that time i really liked and it and you ordered the fish and i didn't well, order the fish 
what was that dish that what was that restaurant that we really like uh, but that dish that parallel mothers or official competition parallel mothers thank you parallel mothers i loved parallel mothers and i love penelope cruz so i'm going with penelope cruz now this category still has a, you know s- s- some names to, to reckon with here. Danielle Brooks of The Color Purple, Divine Joy Randolph, a lot of names from The Color Purple, like we said. Mm-hmm. LaShawna Lynch of Bob Marley, One Love, Sally Hawkins of Wonka. I wanted Til- to put, I give consideration to LaShawna Lynch, but it's we all know how difficult it is to be the lone nominee from mm-hmm. your film in one of the supporting acting categories, and yet I'm a surefire Oscar winner J-Lo says hi from Hustlers, but I'm going to reveal myself to be a total hypocrite in the supporting actor category coming up next with that line of thinking. So, Wow. Well, Tilda Swinton's got two chances with Problemista and The Killer, I'm guessing. Rosamund Pike of Saltburn. She was my toughest omission. Predicted her earlier. Jodie Foster of Nyad. Helena Bonham Carter of One Life. The two supporting actresses from Lee, Andrea Riseborough, Marion Cotillard, Jodie Comer of the Bike Riders. You're heavy on bike riders, but mm-hmm. you're not rolling deep with Jodie Comer here. Thought about it. I gave her I gave pause. Anjanu Ellis may or may not have like 17 roles coming out this year, <laughs> or she might have zero. The Nickel Boys, I don't think is coming out, but she's in other movies anyway. Carrie Carrie Mulligan, could she from Saltburn, but you, you get the point, people. We got a lot of uh, big names still I to come. I think those so, actress categories, both of them are still very open. Yes, it's because of the depth of field. So, yeah. all right, uh, who are we picking to win supporting actress? Is it still – who did we pick last time? I can't remember. I think I picked Lily Gladstone last time, but I'm, I might I'm, have that picked, might be – I think I picked Vanessa Kirby. Cool. And I'm switching to Lily Gladstone. Although Vanessa Kirby is who I have at number two out of these five, again, of which 75% of them will definitely be there. Lily Gladstone's breaking down in the trailer. She's got a really cool performance in that trailer. And then she's been tremendous in certain women, fancy dance, anything I've ever seen her in. So, yeah, she might be on the rise. She might be the unstoppable force, hopefully. And Vegas is predicting yours. All right. Supporting actor. We had five different supporting actors uh, predicted in the year in preview series. Okay, you had Jeffrey Wright of Asteroid City. His, Fox- his team needs to stop taking calls from Wes Anderson. <laughs> I'm so tired of predicting Jeffrey Wright making supporting acting from a, Jeff An- from a Wes Anderson movie and not being close. The next time snubbed. Jeffrey Wright's in a mo- Wes Anderson movie, he's got to be, look, Wes, I'm only doing it if you write me an Oscar-worthy piece, <laughs> an Oscar-worthy character. He was snubbed from the French Dispatch. That was a great performance. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it, except for me at the film festival. Mm-hmm. Asteroid City, he's great in it. He, this is my speech. He's great. <laughs> I love him in, in Asteroid City. But it's it's no, it's not getting nominated. Right. You're right. Austin Butler of the Bike Riders. Vroom, vroom. He should yes. play his character from Dune 2 in the Bike Riders. Filled with <laughs> Best joke of the episode. <laughs> you jerk. That hurt my stomach. Jude Law of Firebrand. Apparently he's disgusting. I still wanted to keep him there, but I backed yeah. off. Yeah, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Yeah. Can Not film well reviewers called him disgusting. Samuel Jackson in the piano lesson. You predicted him in supporting actor. I had predicted him in lead actor on the last episode. We are still 100% accurate in that last episode. However, Samuel Jackson will be nominated next year. Well, maybe. From the piano list. Maybe. Because I thought. Well, it was not con- maybe, because we did this already. We, I, well, we, I, we did it because of what I said, and I thought it was confirmed. But the only thing I found, I have found. Is, which is the proper way of saying that phrase. Mm-hmm. The only thing I have found suggesting that the piano lesson has definitely moved was an article from uh, the Economic Times written on May 31st, which the quote says, quote, it's safe to assume that the movie will be released sometime in the latter half of 2024, but there's been no official announcement and nobody, there's nothing online about the release of this movie. So it is possible that this still gets dropped in the last quarter of this year. Netflix has a full slate now. Don't they do. They? Yep. This and is this is my way of telling you I I kept Samuel L. Jackson in my five. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Oh wow! And yet the piano lesson is nowhere else. That, that's what makes me a hypocrite about it being the lone nominee. Like I just said, yes. There you go. Oh, wow. I'm not a man of principle, Michael. I'm just well, an amalgamation of a couple cynical thoughts. This is fascinating. Uh, I had predicted. Some future nominees, by the way. Brian Tyree Henry of Flint Strong. Mahershala Ali of Leave the World Behind. How he was predicted last time and not this time. Uh, again, that's why I'm You're 100% 75%. accurate. Those are going to be there at some but, point. But now I'm 75% right. accurate. Correct. Okay. Which is why Tom Hardy of the Bike Riders. Again, I, I think I went with you there. Uh, he's playing the John Travolta role uh, from Wild Hogs. Jesse Plemons, <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. And Lakeith Stanfield of the Book of Clarence. Whoops. That's coming out in January. Yeah, we had a lot of mm-hmm. lot of not great picks in this category. <laughs> <laughs> and the shtick is dead. Yeah. All right. Uh, updated supporting actor predictions. Yes. Robert De Niro of Killers of the Flower Moon. He's number one in Vegas. Yeah. I have him there for his work in Casino from 1995, which I just rewatched. <laughs> And I am outraged that that movie only received one nomination in 95 for Sharon mm-hmm. Stone for lead actress. How that movie was not all over the card is beyond me, De Niro's performance included. So you can nominate him for Killers of the Flower Moon. I want him here for Casino. The number of text messages you sent to me. <laughs> I didn't. I ran out of syn- synonyms for I agree. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like talking to my grandmother back 20 years ago. Where she's just going on and on, and I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. The movie's mm-hmm. great! Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That was our text chain for, like, an hour. Anyway, I agree. It's, mm. He was great. Uh, but we want him now, and we, we think he's going to yes. get nominated now. I'm also going to go a double Killers of the Flower Moon nomination here, Jesse Plemons. I thought about it. Why are you so convinced? That one little blink of the eye was so <laughs> sneaky great in that trailer. I loved it so much when, when, to see what who's about doing them? Are, to see who's doing them. Blink to see who's doing He's the best actor in the game right now. He's very good. Jesse Plemons. It is a matter of time. I agree. All right. Robert, De, or Robert De Niro. Robert Downey Jr. There's three, and he, right? And that's what makes this category so difficult. There are three that are as in stone as you can be in August De Niro, RDJ, and Gosling. Yes. So we agree on those three. I have Plemons. You don't. You have Samuel Jackson. You mentioned. So with our final nomination, and this was hard for me, 
I wanted to go with your pick, but I went with <laughs> I went with Frankenstein-faced Willem <laughs> Dafoe of Poor Things, who has been an Academy favorite yeah. of getting nominee nominations for At Eternity's Gate yeah. from the Florida Project since we've started this po- podcast. I think the acting community has felt him overdue, and maybe this is his time for a Weird Ass Yorgos movie going to be his what fifth nomination if he lands this now which he and it uh, they have come in bulk recently so it, it does he does check that box of well if we need one more nominee willem dafoe did something this year let's throw him in but i i went with john magaro from from past lives cool i love that pick and i i hope I hope he lasts there. We both loved the, yeah. that performance. It was next level upon rewatch for us, so we were there. Uh, I'm I'm a little bummed that I can't all, can no longer pick Chris Messina now that Vegas piggybacked on on my hunch there. <laughs> I feel like the hunch got is decent lost. Odds. He's got great odds, but yeah. the, I feel like the odds are misleading, and that's why I can no longer go with my hunch on Chris Messina of Air because the odds are so just trying to screw you over plus 650 <laughs> right entice you in to get your money absolutely so can't go there matt bomer of maestro coleman domingo of the color purple jeremy allen white of the iron claw mm. mark mark ruffalo of poor things austin butler of a couple things uh and then richard e grant of saltburn jonathan price of, of uh one life i'm kind of listing the same names i listed in the last episode michael shannon of the bike riders tomily jones of the burial Cast of dumb money, fingernails. Lots of supporting actors can still crash the party, though, Michael. Who are you picking to win? Mm. I think I'm picking Robert Downey Jr. Same. Yeah, I'm picking Robert Downey Jr. Over Gosling. I want Gosling. I picked Gosling at the Summer Oscars for my award show. <laughs> And you picked Robert Downey Jr., though. I did. So you loved that performance. I did. It really was good. Although I can absolutely see, man, if if Flower Moon is, let's say, a top three betting favorite for Best Picture, and if Lily Gladstone wins Supporting Actress in a Runaway, mm-hmm. can't you see the Academy, well, like, Lifetime Achievement, give it to De Niro. Give him another one. Give him another one. Well, if anyone deserves it. It's the guy who got screwed out of his nomination for Casino. I agree. Which will be his legacy. (laughs) (laughs) Saith the Lord. All right. Uh, We're going with RDJ, though. We're not going with Vegas. Okay. Lead actress. At the year in preview series, we had shared the winner, Fantasia Barino, Mm -hmm. of The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. That was on Hype Alone. Then we see the trailer and she's belting out all these songs and she's she looks terrific and she's she's holding her own she's doing a great job in the uh, drama scenes i mean she looks great correct i agree yeah all right anyway you had picked regina king of shirley that's not coming out this year correct we don't think you had picked helen mirren of golda mhm kaylee Spi- spiney of priscilla mhm Alicia Vikander of Firebrand. I was a big Firebrand guy back in the day. So we shared one, Fantasia Barina, Barino. And then I picked Annette Benning of Nyad, Rosamund Pike of Saltburn. I don't think she's going to be a lead actress now. But 
Saoirse Ronan of Blitz, so she's getting nominated next year. Zendaya of Challengers. <laughs> also nominated next year. Uh, nominated next year. All right. So we actually share a couple of names now, correct? We share two? More we than share one? two, yeah. Well, no, we share no, three. 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 Fantasia Barino yep. of The Color Purple. Yes. Carrie Mulligan of Maestro. Mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie of Barbie. Yes. I'm very happy that those three are getting nominated. Or at this, least two of those three. This based is a on tough category. Powers. All right. Greta Lee, your winner at the Summer Oscars, yeah. has been omitted. Yeah. Why, sir? So, I felt that I had to choose between Greta Lee, Margot Robbie, Helen Mirren, Natalie Portman, and Kaylee Spiney for two spots. Uh, I think Mulligan is, I mean, the maestro poster is Carrie Mulligan. Bradley Cooper is nowhere to be found. Carrie Mulligan's name is listed first on it going from left to right. Bradley Cooper was the director behind Lady Gaga storming her way to a lead actress nomination for A Star is Born. I expect much of the same. So does everybody else. I think Mulligan is in really, really good, positioned really well. That story is going to be an empathy machine yeah. for her character, right? I would think so. It sounds so. like that's what it's set up as. I, I would think so. It does seem like that. And I think... I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, she's. I'm picking her to win. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm not sh- quite sure, but go ahead. I'm being incredibly stubborn about Helen Mirren for Golda. <laughs> uh, probably the most stubborn I am with any pick. One. What if it comes out at the end of August, Mike... And it's not Golda, but it's Gotti. <laughs> Double T-I. What if it's Goldberg? And it's her yes. playing Bill Goldberg in a biopic. Shame on me, though. <laughs> because I like Bleecker Street. And, Bleecker well, there's, Street and there's a lot of stuff going down. for... That the Academy plays well with in this role. You have... An A-list actor ugling herself up with prosthetics. You have her, her in a biopic playing a strong female leader up against a room full of men. You have yeah. her playing a, a country's leader during wartime. Yeah. Historically, those have all mixed well for an Oscars nom. However, August 25th yes. is the release date of Golda. Yes. Not great. However, however, mm-hmm. you can't resist those ads. <laughs> It is incredibly long odds, like plus forty five hundred or something. You can't those ads. I, I am much more. This is getting to the heart of me as a human being. I am much more concerned with having the chance to say that I'm the smartest person in the room than I am with actually being right. They got a word for that. It ends in ubris. Starts with. I don't know. All right. It starts with Hull, which is actually the <laughs> beginning of the last name of my fifth nominee, Sandra Huller, for Anatomy of a Fall. I feel like my dumbest omission here is Sandra Huller. And maybe you're right. Maybe she gets in, and maybe in my list she gets in over Greta Lee. I'm just not well, that's, ready to go it's there. It's tough, right? But uh, you're right. Is Greta, is Greta Lee your fifth right now? Like who you feel shakiest about of your five? Yes. That's yes, how I is. felt. Because I had her in there for a long time. I've seen Barino in the trailer. Even though I've seen Greta Lee, it's it's an understated performance, so Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It could be tough sledding. And yet, I I feel great about her performance in that movie. Margot Robbie of of Barbie, Natalie Portman. I couldn't in good conscience only have Gosling. 
I had to put Margot Robbie in. How did you go against Natalie Portman of the mirrored hype train that yeah. we're getting for May December? I'll tell you how. I just took everything about that movie and just said, I'm just this is just I'm throwing it away. I'm just wow. not May December is just not factoring into any of my categories. Because Julianne Moore, I should have mentioned, was a tough omission for me in supporting actress. That's watch it lead with like thirteen noms now. Yeah. <laughs> I can absolutely see it. Everyone's got it very, very high. Opening nighter at New York Film yep. Festival. All right, so this is a mess of a conversation. We both have Barino, we both have <laughs> Mulligan, we both have Robbie. I'm picking Greta Lee and Natalie Portman. You are picking Sandra Huller and Helen Mirren. Yes. Tough omissions. Very. Kate Winslet of Lee. Yeah. Emma Stone of Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Sandra Huller for me. Tiana Taylor for me, especially after 1001. I loved it so yeah, much in the summer. You, you gave her the win, right? Yeah, Greta Lee for you. Yeah, very tough omission. Both of our okay. winners of the summer Oscars miss our five. Well, that was our award show. The Oscars yeah. rarely agree with us. Okay. Neither one of us picked Annette Benning. Her mm. time, Annette Minute Benning. Yeah. How far does she have to swim <laughs> in that movie to get snubbed out of Nyad? Yeah. Titular character. <laughs> great, great point. My God, she's going to be... I mean, you think that role is just swimming. The This reminds me, this year could be like the Sir Sharon and Margot Robbie, who was the th- Francis McDormand, back the, the, the Lady Bird, I, Tanya, Free Billboards, when we just had a list of like 20 lead actresses that could have been in there. Yeah. And we still ended up with the top three who was just like a hydra, a, just eating each other. It's a Hydra. Uh, What's the I, I, Cerebrus is what I should have gone with. Cerebrus. My, my mythical monsters confused. No, Hydra, you're you're on. No, no. Yeah. Hydras make sense okay, in good. this analogy, too. But you're right with the, the three heads. H- however, here, Annette Benning in a movie from the directors of Free Solo and all those mountain climbing extreme sports movies, like, you know they're going to film her swimming for most of the movie, and yet we're not picking her. Because the Academy doesn't love that performances. age-old question, is swimming acting? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just not drowning? It might just be not drowning. What dicks Je- we are. <laughs> We're dicks. Jessica Lang of Long Day's Journey in Tonight. I have seen nothing about this film coming out other than pundits picking Long Day's Journey into the night or into night as a player. And I just haven't seen it anywhere. Like, Ed Harris could be involved. I, I don't know. But anyway... I tried Those. to shy away from mm-hmm. performances and pictures that I would only have appearing once in these big six or big eight. Right. Which is which is the actual reason I didn't do Portman for May-December. Okay. So Makes there's, there's the expo, even though that doesn't apply to Samuel L. Jackson, obviously, or Helen Mirren, because I was just being stubborn. So you predicted Carrie Mulligan to win. Yes. Who the hell am I predicting to win? You know what? Screw it. Margot Robbie. I don't Fist think it'll in happen air. in a million years, but I would love it if it did. People love that movie. The love for that movie has not stopped. She is that movie. Her performance is so nuanced and fun. I'm going to go with her. Good. And I hope so. so. And the characters are giving to the, all these other characters. So. It'd be a phenomenal speech, too. I would love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Lead actor. We, we had predicted... Leonardo DiCaprio and Coleman Domingo. 
Killers of the Flower Moon, and Rustin. We are sticking with those predictions today, by the way. Correct. You had predicted three different people than me at the last year in preview. Michael Fassbender of The Killer, Tom Hardy of The Bike Riders, Andre Holland of The Actor. Andre Holland of The Actor is not coming out this year, we don't think. Correct. So you you were making future bets there. That's right. Yes. Thank you. I had predicted Bradley Cooper of Maestro, Joaquin Phoenix of Napoleon, and Samuel Jackson of The Piano Lesson, which you're still predicting. You're still predicting him in Support. supporting act. Yes. Okay. I'm moving him into 2024. Probably. Again, we're probably. both right. Yes. We're both right. right. You're both still right. You get two still separate right. debuts of the same movie in different years. Yes. All right. So we are sharing two more names mm-hmm. this year. We are sharing... Killian Murphy of Oppenheimer, because duh. Right? Yep, we are. We are sharing Paul Giamatti of the Holdovers, because that performance is pretty gonzo in the the trailer. So where is, I know you have resistance to that movie, and rightfully so, uh, with the Alexander Payne stuff we've talked about. No, I'm a sycophant of Clayton Davis, who's predicting him to win. Okay. I'm a sycophant of all the buzz. Okay. I'm just, I'm a yes man. I'm a soulless, <laughs> spineless Oscars pundit who yields to my betters. Uh-huh. And you, you're right. I just totally, uh, you got me. And if I could follow up question here, how do you feel about you? <laughs> you want to break me down? I'm afraid. I'm a Rocky Three speech. <laughs> that was just going through my head. That was just going through my head while you I was, I was saying that. All right, so getting really introspective about a Paul Giamatti performance. It looks good in the trailer. He looks good in the trailer. That being putting said, putting the holdovers in the what, what was it original screenplay category like I did is because yeah. I wanted to justify. I didn't want to have too many single nom representatives, like I said before, and I wanted to have Giamatti here. I'm wondering about this pick. Again, we're only 75% accurate right now, so I got a little wiggle room, but I'm, I'm going with Paul Giamatti with you. Now, I am sticking with Bradley Cooper of Maestro. You are not. Nope, threw him well. This is the weirdest pick you have stuck with. I'm <laughs> wondering why. Tom Hardy of the Bike Riders. You know damn well why. <laughs> <laughs> I have Midlife to. crisis. I have to. Shaving his head in the midlife crisis, going with the goatee, sharing good times with friends at a hot tub. <laughs> if I get Whatever. a chance, if that movie gets nominated heavily and I get a chance to say I was on it from the beginning, I will embrace that. It'll be the Rosamund Pike Golden Globes pick all over again. I really wish I remembered another scene from the Wild Hogs <laughs> other than those idiots yucking it up in a hot tub. To, to, to I get mess. Wild Hogs confused with RV a lot, so if you just wanted to start <laughs> throwing out scenes from RV, you'll have me hooked. <laughs> I might have seen it once, and the last time I, I talked to somebody about RV was the bus driver, because I always have conversations with the bus drivers when mm-hmm. I'm going on all my trips to games and mm-hmm. And uh, whatever. And this dude, John, my friend John, loved RV because he watches like Freebie while he's on the bus on his iPad. He's uh-huh. waiting for us for so long on uh-huh. these track meets. The dude was laughing hysterically. He was describing. And I did. Here's the part where, you know, I'm a jerk. 
where he was doing the critic thing, and he was giving me a full film study on RV starring Robin Williams, and he was going through one scene after the next <laughs> about how great that movie was and how hilarious it was. And I was I was performing, but I was dead inside. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was outwardly performing and saying, "Oh, that's funny. I remember seeing it years ago." And I, I no, I don't remember performing performative. Uh, inane conversation with the inner monologue screaming that I need to do anything else at this moment to get out of this hellscape that is this this tete-a-tete is literally every interaction of small talk I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, okay, so you pick Tom Hardy right now. Yes. As your fifth. And I would have not I, I would not even think of him as like one of the next 10 names necessarily, mm-hmm. even though I did pick him for supporting actor. Because I don't even know how you know he's the lead other than he's the first name on Wikipedia. You just feel it. Blind. In your plums. Blind <laughs> faith. <laughs> All right. But I would think Party Crashers would be Adam Driver, Michael Fassbender, like we said last time. Adam K-O-Yo. Driver looks fucking ridiculous in the one still. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it Wait yesterday. a minute. I just saw it yesterday. He looks absurd. Wait a minute. He looks exactly like Robert Downey Jr. does in Oppenheimer. That's Is it not, the same thinning hair? Un, that's not an unfair analogy, correct. That I will have in about seven years. I but will have the like, same. He's 30 years younger than Robert Downey. Like, it kind of <laughs> makes sense with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, my God. That is funny. Uh, you, you're right. You, okay, I get it. And it's the flowing locks that you've seen from Adam Driver that he really does have in real yes. life. Yes. Imagine if that's a wig. <laughs> Can you imagine if Adam Driver has been wearing a wig all these years? <laughs> if that's a toupee? I would. The amount of respect I would have if that was a bit by him this entire time. <laughs> and he's and he just, just takes it off one day. <laughs> Oh, my scalp. What if it flew off at the Oscars when he's accepting his award? (laughs) Or that's when that's when he takes it off. And he's like, he's like, hello. Tired of living this lie. I'm actually 74 years old. (laughs) I don't know if that's pro Adam Driver. It's pro Adam Driver acting abilities. Maybe we're underestimating him. He's anyway. the The trick is the, the 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 trick. Like Christopher Nolan said from The Prestige, is <laughs> your whole life. I audibly gasped when I saw him in that picture. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess Ferrari not getting the best picture nom from you, but Teo Yo of Past Lives, Matt Damon of Air, Barry Keoghan of Saltburn, Paul Dano of Dumb Money. Kingsley Benadire of Bob Marley, Ed Harris of Journey, Long Day's Journey into Night, Jamie Foxx of The Burial. All of those names Mm -hmm. came up to me before Tom Hardy, and yet you have a hunch. (laughs) I'm allowed to be 25% wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. A good good answer. All right. Best director. Last Wait, two we've got to pick a winner. Director. we got to pick a winner. We oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, let's... Uh, how did I not account for winners? All right. Is it Coleman Domingo? Is it... I so badly want to pick Leo. Is it Killian Murphy? That's who, that's who I'm going to pick. Is it, and, it, and it is no longer... Because David is squirming right now. It is no longer Bradley Cooper... David, 
The horse has not leapt the cabbage patch, David. The horse has not leapt that the cabbage. That horse is, is entrenched in that cabbage patch right now. I wonder if he hates us now because I've turned. I've done. I've turned him into Michael Caine from Austin Powers. And yet, the father, the but he does have all these sayings when I listen to his podcast that I don't understand because it's so beautifully British. Shot I don't on understand. A turtle. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I'm going to go with you. You know, we everybody, nobody's listening to this episode. Nobody's this listening. Yet. Not even our mothers. No. Not even David. Probably. No. Uh, so that's good because yeah. we didn't lose we didn't lose our buddy then. All right, Killian Murphy. We're both going with Killian Murphy, which is a okay. very it's a very un Academy performance. For lead actor, so that does give me worry. Very You're reserved, right. very You're pulled right. back. Yeah, no big emotional explosive scenes. That's correct. Like last year's Brendan Fraser, I mean, it was in the trailer, mm-hmm. the big emotional scene. And if you're gonna so, go with that, wouldn't you go? I mean, if that's what you're gonna hang your hat on for the winter, wouldn't you go Giamatti? Yeah, I was just gonna say the mm-hmm. same name. Yeah. So. Big emotion, <laughs> huge emotion right. in the trailer. Right. All right, so we've we've done the four acting categories. Let's go to director. We're just going to color a lot of our, you know, predictions on picture. At the year in preview, we had shared Christopher Nolan of Oppenheimer. We had shared Emerald Emerald Fennell of Saltburn mm-hmm. and Martin Scorsese of Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. We still share two of those names. Yes. Scorsese and Nolan. Correct. You had selected David Fincher of The Killer and Celine Song of Past Lives. I kept Song. You, you kept Song. I had selected Steve McQueen of Blitz. He'll be nominated next year. And Denis Villeneuve of <laughs> Doom Part 2. And yet I'm very queasy about him now. I may hedge. I may change. Right now, like I said, we're going with two, the same two, Nolan and Scorsese. You have Celine Song. Yep. And then, I have Celine Song. Yep. So we have three names in common. Yep. I was going to stick with Villeneuve. Okay. I am no longer sticking with him. I'm going to go with Sofia Coppola. Wow. You're riding that Priscilla train. Phrasing, but yes. <laughs> yes, I am. You are going to go with Greta Gerwig. Yes, I'm sticking with Greta Gerwig. And then I don't know what I'm doing for my last slot. I have three names that I'm torn between. Justine Trier. Yep. Of Anatomy of the Fall. Of a Fall. Yep. Could the uncle have done it? <laughs> or the yeah, the one who was a cop? Yeah, why not? What if the kid did it? I suppose anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those French. All right. Um... So, Sofia Coppola, Celine Song, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan. I'm no longer going with Denis Villeneuve. You have three names. What the hell are we doing in Best Director right now, Michael? Yeah, I'm torn between Trier, Jonathan Glazer of Zone of Interest, and uh, Bradley Cooper. So, you're hedging with Bradley Cooper there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. Oh, Bradley Cooper's an interesting pick. Ridley Scott being 85 years old and directing. Yeah. That massive battle-worn potential masterpiece. All right, does Vegas do anything for us? Let's let's run it back there. We have Glazer at three to one. 
That's we have strong Trier at seven to one and Villeneuve at six to one. But is that trying to? Yeah, but that's like hedging for Vegas, isn't it? In what way? What do you mean? If Vegas gave ten to one for Glazer, and that movie is as good as the can hype says it was, or, or Trier for that matter, then they're foolish because they just left themselves open. Yeah, but they're also not putting shorter odds on something that has no chance. Right. Miyazaki, 33 mm. to 1. Boy in the Heron. Mm. Taika Waititi, 40 to 1. Next goal wins. I mean, these are to win, obviously, but we're just looking for nominations. George C. Wolf of Rustin. Yorgos. Is Cooper even listed? 10 to 1. Cooper's 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Okay. Him and Gerwig are 10 to 1. This is back from the end of July. Right. Here's what I'm going to do. I hate this. Really, really hate this. I'm going to take out Celine's song. Mm. Say it ain't so. Yeah, I don't like that, but I'm going to leave in. Are you going to leave in? Girl, I, well, I really wanted to have more than one female, but I'm leaning towards Glazer right now over Trier. Wow! So that's what I'll do. All right, I'm gonna have one female. I hate this, and then I'll put in Bradley Cooper. So my five is Nolan, Scorsese, Gerwig, Glazer, and Bradley Cooper. Ugh, I do not like that at all. <sighs> What am I doing? I just wrote Gerwig's name in. Now I'm deleting it. You, you, you're convincing me about Bradley Cooper because I've been high on Maestro everywhere else. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cooper. As well. I think there's gonna be a surprise in my. I think I, I would not be surprised if Bradley Cooper has a much smaller role as an actor in that movie than people assume. Really? Yeah. Oh, the, the entire marketing is Carrie Mulligan. She's pretty great in that trailer, that teaser. All right, so we're both going with. Nolan, Scorsese, Cooper, and then you have Glazer and Gerwig. I have Coppola and Song. We're picking Christopher Nolan to win. Is there any chance Marty upsets him? Of course there is. It could be the the next great masterpiece of the film year. And but it's everybody... had its debut, and I feel like people aren't like going gaga over it. Maybe. Joe the plumber goes gaga over mm. it. Maybe our brothers goes mm. to go to the movies and they're like, that's the greatest directed movie we've ever seen. I don't know. If I pick Nolan here, I have to pick Oppenheimer for best picture because I picked Killian Murphy and I picked the screenplay. Yeah. Didn't you do the same? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is. And I picked. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, well, this, uh, all I was going to say is this is an inflection point for us. And and what I was going to say is I was going to pick a bunch of Oppenheimer wins in the undercard if I could have picked winners. And I when we both did in the... Uh, right. In our Oscar show. In our summer Oscar show. Yeah. Look, Oppenheimer is the front runner for Best Picture right now. Yep. You picked Dead Nolan? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm picking Oppenheimer... Uh, for best director. So let's see if we hedge 
and we have no principles as we go into Best Picture. Uh, Nolan as after well. you select, I will pick Nolan as well. Okay, best Christopher Nolan. Okay, boy, did I want to pick Bradley Cooper there. Wow, you're a strange guy. Yeah, I'm just. I have no no principle whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> best picture at our year in preview series. We had shared the color purple as our winner. Are we still going with the color purple? Probably not. Summer Oscars. We shared. No, I'm sorry. I, you picked Oppenheimer. I picked Spider-Verse. Again, that's, Spider-Verse is my favorite movie. I would agree with you that Oppenheimer is the front runner right now. I would agree with everybody. We had shared Killers of the Flower Moon, Rustin, Saltburn, and Past Lives. You had picked the actor, bike riders, the killer, and the piano lesson. Yeah. I had picked Blitz, Dumb Money, Dune Part 2, and Maestro. Okay. We are both picking Barbie right now. We are both picking Oppenheimer right now as Best Picture nominees. We are both sticking with The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. We are both sticking with Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm -hmm. We are both sticking with Past Lives. Correct. And Napoleon. And Napoleon. So we actually have Barbie, The Color Purple, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Six in Common. Okay, so you have a different four back four than me. Um, I, well, let's start with the obvious. I've had Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest nominated in a couple places, so I put those both here. You've had Priscilla nominated in a bunch of places. You had it there. Correct. Okay. I've also had Rustin kind of throughout the card. I'm I'm picking Rustin here. Yeah, Coleman Domingo being my lone nomination from that, I'm not happy with, but I, I resisted, so that's why I didn't have Rustin here. Uh, I've had the bike rider bike riders nominated all over. I'm being stubborn yeah. about it. I don't care. The bike riders is in for me. That makes sense. It does make sense. You've had Dune nominated a bunch, even though you took Villeneuve out. You're sticking with Dune. Yeah, because I could see a Best Picture nom, even if he doesn't get director, and it's a it's 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 nominated a bunch under under the card, and I could see it being a popular film. Okay, I would be surprised if Dune Part Two underperforms. Here's the problem I'm running into. Yeah. If I almost, I, because I didn't have Cooper on my first draft of this in direct. Right. Now that I do, I have to put Maestro in my 10 somewhere. It would make sense. And the, the, the name that you didn't mention was the holdovers, which you had in your 10 when right. you wrote this doc. Right. Because, and uh, we're, we're very close to picking, both of us put close to picking Giamatti as the winner. Correct. And I have it in screenplay as a nominee. Is it good podcasting to just agree with one another all the time? <laughs> well, considering <laughs> like that a checklist, the last episode, so... I was outright yelling at you. I think <laughs> a good balance is okay. <laughs> Giamatti, check. We have, ban- <laughs> we have banter at the end of episodes. <laughs> just listing and agreeing. <laughs> listing. We're taking inventory agreeing. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god. All right. So are you set in your 10? I mean, I'm tempted with Anatomy of a Fall, but it's something about the Cannes Film Festival taste machine that I'm just not sure of. I mean, last year they they hit it with Triangle of Sadness, but it's a different jury every year. I who the hell knows. Okay. I am going to take anybody. the hold the holdovers out. I was wow. debating taking Napoleon out. But if that Napoleon hits, that is such an, a layup for a Best Picture nomination. Yes, yes. 
So I'm going to take yes, the holdovers out, and I can, the holdovers could have screenplay and Giamatti both nominated without making Best Picture. So that could be the lone, the two lone nominations from that movie without it being a Best Picture nom. Wow. So I'll take that out, and I will put Maestro in against my better judgment. And you have two international films, Zone yes. of Interest and Anatomy of a Fall, staying in because yes. of your card. Yes. And how you are such a pundit right now. I have the bike riders. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas uh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with Maestro as well. That was that was my tenth. So we both now have seven in common with. Barbie, The Color Purple, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Past Lives. You have The Bike Riders. You have Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest. I have Priscilla. I have Dune Part 2 and Rustin. Okay. What's winning? Who are you picking? I cannot feel the same way about The Color Purple. Yeah, me either. At this juncture, because we have such a pronounced front runner in Oppenheimer, and again, like we, I mean, the drama of this practice right now for this category is who are the ten? It can't. The drama can't really be who's going to win because, like we said, I mean, if we're going with Nolan and director, if it falls that way, we kind of have to pick Oppenheimer. The only reason we wouldn't is to say we're hedging our bets. Could Barbie just win though? That's my question here. I have seen more people come out. It's they're ridiculous, and they're on certain a certain side of the political spectrum. But I have seen more people come out and say that movie is an anti-man movie. And as absurd as that notion is, I there cannot be elder members of the academy who don't share that view. Do they matter as much anymore? That's a good question. I mean, it's still very a very male academy. Do they go for the very male pick? And it's like and it's like a cookie cutter downer pick, even though Oppenheimer is so much more than that. But Oppenheimer being the super popular downer, oh, we all have to take caution with the world's gonna blow up movie, right? Maybe we're the real monsters after all. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a it's such a clear message. It's very white. We've gone. Which we've plays, been over this. Which plays very well with the Academy historically, <laughs> though thankfully not in the last two or three years. But yeah. So Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer. If I had, if gun to my head, yes. if I had to bet, you know, if I just, it was a pick 'em, I'd probably still be between those two. You're right. I think I'm a little hesitant because of the Killers of the Flower Moon buzz is not necessarily as fever pitched as it probably should be coming out of can. That being said. The early front runner usually does fall off, especially in Best Picture. So, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's a good point, know, too. Is, and we've talked about that every year. You don't want to be the front runner at this point. And yet, we've seen such a parade of happiness for so many of these last Best Picture winners, Michael. Mm-hmm. Coda, Parasite. Yep. We're due for straight land. misery, is what you're saying? Stri- due for straight yeah. misery, but it's still a parade of misery. It's a. It's going to be an eight hundred dollar, eight hundred million dollars at the box office parade of misery for Oppenheimer. It's especially a connected. It's a, yeah, I mean, there are so many na- easy narratives to attach to it. It's Christopher Nolan's time. It's probably his greatest achievement as a director. It's a. It's a technical marvel. A triumph of cinema. It's big triumph. Yeah, big box office. Brought people back to the movie theaters. 
it's a one, win-win for one everybody. One of the greatest cinematic weekends in the history of film. Yeah. Save the summer. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, you have to come up with reasons to not pick Oppenheimer at this point. I think, and Vegas reflects that. I mean, Oppenheimer is almost even money right now, which yeah. is kind of I, amazing in late August that you have something so close to even money for Best Picture. We, I am going to have to go back when we, when we actually get the Oscars next year and go back and see if we were seventy five percent accurate, and, and and if like this is one of the. The sway bets because we've struggled with best picture in the past. Yes, we have. Yes, yes, we, we are very bad at it. Yeah, a couple years we were okay, then we were very, very, very bad at best picture. I don't know why we've had a mental block about it, but Oppenheimer. We're both going with Oppenheimer right now, and there was an ACDC song I referenced earlier <laughs> that, that we're on that highway. That's where we're going. I wow. I want Killers of the Flower Moon to blow us away. And yes. if we could have a winter where it's Marty and Nolan going at each other's throats with Greta Gerwig sitting there being the box office king or queen, however you want to designate her, yep. that'd be great. That'd be great for the Oscars. That'd be great for ratings. That'd be great for punditry, conversations. Yes. Yes, it would. I would love that. And I, and look at I'm not gonna lie I would love for Barbie to be a force down the stretch too because yeah. that would be fun. I would love for the, your international films, Anatomy of a Fall mm-hmm. and the Zone of Interest, to be great because I'm gonna see them at the New York Film Festival or at least shortly after. Afterwards, I'm in. I'm in for all of this. Does this the Academy good. introduce a new category for worst fucking haircut ever? <laughs> 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 that would be hilarious. I don't think I can see Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, my future self is offended. <laughs> well, we're doing Mike, Mike, and Oscar on YouTube in 2034. In 2034, that's gonna be my haircut. There's no choice. I have coming no coming to other the office options. every day, and every day I just act aghast at the sight of you. <laughs> I don't have any other <laughs> options. I don't. <laughs> Take such a beautiful man like Adam Driver and make him look like that. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. We jumped the freaking shark yeah. in this episode. Yeah, we did. But there was some good information in the waters. That's right. That's the bright line to this. As always, dear (laughs) listener, what matters most to us are your picks. What are your 75% accurate, uh, still too early Oscar predictions, and what do you think of ours? Uh, We want to hear from you as well. You can always leave us any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter or X or whatever it is, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit is how to get a hold of us directly. Uh, if you are listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify apps, if you appreciate what we do here, if you had some laughs along the way, hopefully you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review. It'll take about 10 seconds out of your day. Those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so for us thus far. Michael, tell the good people what is coming next, and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. Well, it is uh, it is wise to avoid tally sections. <laughs> 
on episodes <laughs> where you do not want people to actually tally you up and check your work. And there's a lot of shtick involved. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so we did that in la- the last episode. You can see how we felt. But that was the summer Oscars. We could do whatever we want. This episode, we're actually, like, if I put a tally section in, I would I would give it, it, it somebody an easy way to check our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't so want I that. did not do that. No. No, we don't. <laughs> don't check our work. How dare you even suggest it? Just go with the shtick. All right. So that's the words of wisdom. <laughs> What's coming next is we got a New York Film Festival lineup in its entirety. We'll do an Oscar race checkpoint maybe over the weekend, maybe early next week. Uh, we got some cool stuff to talk about there. The Gotham's changed their uh, policies. So I think we got some commentary, some awards news, and I'm sure much more stuff will come out. Uh, we'll probably do a strike or a box office update, one of those two as well. Barbenheimer's still rolling, which is great, great news. I'm going to see a couple movies this weekend because I'm free of the vid. Never had it, or maybe <laughs> did, I don't know. Whatever, I'm, I'm good, I think. Mayhaps. Just don't affect see the a, entire theater. <laughs> I, yeah, it would be good if I did it. No, I, I, I should be all right. But Strays, you know, Strays, i got to see Strays. Mm-hmm. I agree. Anyway. And Blue Beetle. You, and Blue Beetle. And uh, there was one more, Gran Turismo, I wanted to see. Yes, yes. Well, got, so. some, got some good picks still out there at the box office coming out, debuting. Yeah, we want to see Bottoms. We want to see Golda. Yep. yep. All true. So we're going to keep on swimming through. Swimming through? Yeah, sure. <laughs> swimming through this uh, the oceans, the Oscars oceans here. Uh, guys. Was, <laughs> where did where did swim? Oh, Nyad. I was we thinking of Nyad. It's absolutely yeah. what it was, yeah. That's right. I'm always thinking about Nyad, too. I agree. <laughs> when reality sucks, you can keep swimming through being 75% accurate with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.